Welcome, everybody, to Common Sense Christianity. As always, I'm your host, Heath Foster, here today with another episode. Guys, make sure you support the podcast by sharing it on social media and sharing it with your friends and family, guys. Hope you are staying safe during this time of crisis, guys. Hopefully, it will be over soon. Just keep in prayer uh, for our president, for our, govern- for our governors and various uh, government officials. Um... And that's all I got to say about that. So, um, before we get to our atheist um, objection today, I was discussing with a pretty well-known conservative, and I asked her for advice on on my podcast. How can I make this podcast better? And she responded with four words, and she said, "Be genuine, be honest." Now, I'm not going to name the person just for, uh, I just don't think it's my right to say that. If she's listening to this, I sent her the links to this. So, um, you know who you are if you're listening to this. But um, those words are pretty interesting to me. Because you would think that every podcaster that spends their time researching and coming up with an idea for an episode would be genuine and honest. But it has come to my attention, after uh, thinking about this for a bit, that many people, whether Christian, whether atheist, whether liberal or conservative political commentators, it comes to my attention that they are not authentic, they are not They don't care about what they do. They don't care about the influences that they have. And they um, are not honest about what they believe. And that is something that I feel like is special to this podcast. The The fact of the matter is, I will have anyone of any religion on this podcast, of any worldview. The fact of the matter is, I'm not shy about my opinions. I'm not shy about my beliefs. I'm not shy in why I believe them. I say it very boldly and very clearly. And that is something great about this podcast. Now, in terms of growing the podcast, well, God's will will be done. But in the end, that is up to you guys to grow in the podcast. I can do uh, as much as I can do. I I use Instagram, I use YouTube, to, and I use this podcast to help grow the ministry. But it is growing at an extremely so, slow rate. And that's fine. We will continue to do this ministry. We will continue to bring you weekly um, information on apologetics, on uh, scientific and historical um, evidences for and against the Bible, We will continue that no matter what happens. I ask you to support us by subscribing to our YouTube channel, liking our videos, paying attention to what I say, and and fact-checking me and checking out the, um, the facts for yourself and researching it yourself. And, uh, go to our Instagram page, uh, follow that and share that. And watch those videos, too, because most of those are different videos. If you're new to this podcast, check out this podcast. We have more uh, content on this podcast than our YouTube channel and our Instagram account combined. I can bet you that. 
We have 60, 70 something episodes on this podcast alone. And that I am proud of. We have done that in the past, ever since September 29th, when our first episode came about. And it has been an astronomical um, grow in my maturity and my intelligence and in the way that I live my life in those few months. So I ask that you guys continue to support me, continue to pray for me, and continue to help this ministry go. So I got this part and this um, uh, comment, I should say, from this atheist. Can't even pronounce their username. Uh, I got it five days ago on our YouTube video, uh, CSC episode 14, Atheist Arguments Refuted. And it says, this minuscule spot in what seems like a uh, a ridiculously huge universe is right now fit for the kind of life that lives here right now. We are fairly certain that before us there there was species that could not survive now, and we could not have survived then. And we are equally certain that there will be a time when we can't survive here. That's saying... That's like saying that a floating sheet of ice in the eye of a storm is fit for life. It's perfectly reasonable to think that even a higher being would experience time, just not our time. Everything that has a beginning has to end. Well, he quotes me. When it comes to something as fundamentally unique as the universe, that's a badly founded assumption. And then he quotes me again. If it has a beginning, it would have to have a cause. He says, that's just your assumption. It could just as likely or unlikely start with the first cause in the line of causes. No, we have no proper evidence that tells us that the universe must have a cause. Just as a first cause that may be just as uncaused as God. Just slightly more dopamine from fact uh, fact checking and the perfect creation wouldn't have failed by the first generation. It's not about free will. It's a flawed design. Bone cancer in children, it's not about free will. If God can harden the heart of Pharaoh, he can interfere with free will. No one ever said God can interfere with free will. It says if he interfered with it, um, with our personal free will, then uh, we wouldn't um, be free. It's simple philosophy. And he makes a lot of points here. And the, uh, and they are very dumb points, to be honest here, because they're not really well thought through. And see, this is the thing that I discuss all the time on this podcast. It's uh, atheists use these, this big language. They use confusing and intellectual sounding language. It's like if you listen to Christopher Hitchens for long enough, you'll be convinced of his arguments, no matter how ludicrous they are, because of how smart and uh, brilliant he sounds. And this is what atheists do. They play this tactic to try and indoctrinate you with dumb ideas, with ideas that make no sense, and then they claim just because some scientists uh, accept their ideas that they must be right. Or they'll ridicule, ridicule your arguments and say you're just assuming. You don't really know that. Well, you're right, I am assuming. I'm assuming based on observable, observable fact, and it comes to the point where you pretty much assume that uh, for the universe, for the cause. Uh, so let's let's break this down. Uh, 
when it comes to something as fundamentally unique as the universe, that's boundly founded, a boundly founded assumption. He says this about what I say, everything that has a beginning that has an end. This is uh, found in the laws of physics and the laws of, uh, it says reality. I'm sorry. It is. And as much as they'd like to discredit their own science to support their uh, ludicrous arguments, uh, that's not going to work with me. I'm sorry, it's not. Everything we know in science, everything that you learn in school, everything you hear scientists say, you will know that everything has a cause and effect. This is basic. You learned it in first grade, but apparently this dude wasn't paying attention. Uh... Number two, if it has a beginning, it would have to have a cause. This is my main argument. So that is also just an assumption. It could just as likely or unlikely start with the first cause in the line of causes. No, that's stating an eternal universe. And an eternal universe used to be an atheist perspective. And if you could demonstrate that scientifically, then I would most likely be either atheist or agnostic. But you can't. In fact, science proves otherwise. This is why you have uh, atheists running around trying to find an explanation for why the universe exists. Why something rather than nothing exists. You wouldn't be having this discussion if the universe was eternal. But since we figured out it's not, then we have to figure out a cause. So just saying... There's a cause before that, and there's a cause before that, and there's a cause before that. That is just as much as a, of a faith position, of an ungrounded position, as what you claim to be uh, the theistic position. So that is an idiotic argument. That is just an assumption. But see, atheists try and separate themselves. They try and play this middle ground crap, but they have an agenda to push. They have a certain belief system that they want to push, not necessarily atheism because atheism isn't a belief, but they want to live their lives individually. And if God exists, if God isn't a deist God, but he's a theistic God that cares about our lives, that influences our lives, then they can't live their lifestyle the way that they want to. They cannot live, uh, run the country they want, uh, the way they want to run the country. They cannot uh, run the family like they want to run the family, if there is universal moral laws, moral principles that is guided by God, and God has certain punishments for certain behaviors, then you pretty much have no choice, unless you just don't care about yourself, then to fall in line with God's law. And atheists don't like that idea, so they just try and throw around these straw man arguments. And he says, we have no proper evidence that tells us the universe must have a cause. Uh, logic, my guy. Like, really. Every uh, thing we know in science demonstrates that there is a cause of something. Or else we wouldn't be uh, doing science. We wouldn't be trying to find explanations for things. If there w was um, no scientific um, knowledge of a cause for the universe. Because... Again, and I made this point earlier, if we figure out that there is a cause in everything that we know of in the universe, then why can we not say there's a cause for the universe? You're right, it's an assumption, but it's a pretty well-founded assumption. But of course, atheists love to pick and choose 
what they want to believe, what they want to assume. They just want to assume, well, maybe the universe could have came from nothing. Maybe there was other causes out there. But you still have to explain those causes, my friend. But again, they want to go back into eternity and keep trying to explain it that way. But that's not how it works. And unfortunately, uh, Christians aren't, uh, aren't straight enough with this. They're too nice about it. And that is why atheists keep pushing us around. They keep pushing Christians around because we are, we are too nice to them. We are, too, we are not straightforward with them. We keep trying to hide the truth from them. Well, I'm tired of that. I cannot stand it because it is idiotic. It is purely idiotic. And it is unscientific and it is anti-philosophical to pick and choose when you want to believe a certain argument when you want to believe to accept science and reality, that is idiotic. So this is a whole idiotic comment. I have not replied to it. I'll reply to it whenever I feel like it. Uh, that was one of the worst atheist comments I've ever read. Now, um, oh, I forgot to address this. He said, bone cancer in children is not about free will. My friend, bone cancer in children, if there is no God, if there is no um, purpose to life, is just the natural course of natural selection, ruling out the weak and promoting the strong. If you were six, if you're six, sorry, I can't even talk, um, if you are more likely to have cancer, if there is a certain gene that you have that causes a certain type of cancer, we should let those people die because of natural selection. But of course, atheists won't accept that because they don't want to accept the reality if there is no God. Now, I'm not saying atheists are bad people. Most atheists are great people. In fact, they're usually better than Christians. But that's not the point if you think you're good. The point is, is there good? Is there bad? Or are we just living? Are we just living by the laws that have been indoctrinated into us as children? And as the culture develops and changes, we will have different moralities than our grandchildren and great-grandchildren. Is that it? Or is there an, a universal basic moral code that has been grounded in us either genetically or through the spirit, either or works, that has been gifted to us by God and through the prophets and through biblical teachings and through Judeo-Christian uh, values? Which one is it? Of course, the atheists would like to say, uh, we just decide morality. Of course, the atheists would just uh, say that genetics gave us morality. But genetics? Really? What does that justify? That makes no sense. Because if it was evolutionary uh, driven, then it would be beneficial, supposedly. But morality isn't necessarily beneficial. In natural selection sense, I understand natural selection. I'm a big believer in evolution, and I'm probably going to devote a whole chapter to my book on evolution. I know I'll at least have a little section in there about it. 
So understanding that, morality keeps the weak alive, and that is anti-natural selection. We as humans are slowing down our, the evolution of our species by medical technology, by um, living comfortable lives. There is no evolutionary change to further progress our species. We are becoming weaker. We are becoming lazier. How is that a benefit of natural selection? And that is all because of increasingly good moral values by humanity. But that's not uh, natural selection at its best. Natural selection at its best is when you put, let's just say, 10 people in an environment and they have to battle for food. They have to battle for um, for passing their genes on. It's some survive and some don't. And the strongest will survive. That's natural selection. But that's not moral. And no atheist would argue that it's moral because they don't want to admit that. And when it comes to if God can harden the heart of Pharaoh, he can interfere with free will. I want you to think about that for a second, my friend. Do you really think if God didn't harden Pharaoh's heart that he would um, accept God and just let the people go? Because I sure don't. It happens all the time in the Bible. So that's a not even an argument right there, my friend. You're just uh, spinning out bullcrap and not even doing the research for yourself. And that will conclude this episode of Common Sense Christianity. Guys, check out our YouTube channel. Check out our Instagram account. And until next time, I'm Ethan Foster here with Common Sense Christianity.